0: Welcome, welcome, welcome to another edition of Less Rage Cougs. I am Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Barbecue. Joining me is Deon Dunlap and Akib Ghazi. We're going to talk the Cougs' seventeen fourteen win over UTSA. A win to win. That's all that matter. we'll talk about. Your thoughts on it, but you are watching Less Rage Cougs, sponsored by the Sex Indian Family. <laughs>
1: And now, the Saxinian family presents Let's Rage coo streaming on the Houston Round Ball Review YouTube channel.
0: And also streaming on the Paw Slamma Jamma YouTube channel. So it's not just mine. So back at it. It's on PodSlamma Jamma on Twitter as well, correct?
2: So yes. we're everywhere. Yep. Yep, live on YouTube and Twitter.
0: Excellent, excellent. Okay, let's get into it. Coos 14 Initial reactions because we already got some. The fans are already hyped about it. But your thoughts on it? Then we'll get into the comments from the fans.
3: Now, like you said, uh, Chris, a win is a win. Um, it it, it could have very well been this case last season where we you know came out with a loss in in overtime, but. I'm just happy with the win. A lot of things we can definitely discuss and chop up, like the negatives and positives, but a win is a win.
2: Stay on? For me, my initial reaction is college football needs preseason. Look like a preseason game. You could tell it was the first game of the year. And a win is a win. I mean, first game of the year, offense wasn't as um efficient well they were efficient but they didn't put up as much points especially off of the turnovers to capitalize off of those turnovers but defense third world defense really stood up they played good secondary looked much improved but they'll be tested much more um, as the season goes on but i'm definitely impressed by what i've seen today especially on the defensive end
0: do you guys agree with this comment from the real mo great oc was too
2: conservative most definitely, 100%. I definitely agree with that. I think we could have got to uh, – went through Matthew Golden even more, some slants, quick screens, just get the ball in our playmaker's hands. I think um, – I think the OC was definitely too conservative. And also Donovan Smith, I don't want to say he was conservative, but he played like he had experience. He didn't put the ball in harm's way except maybe one or two throws that could have got intercepted. Other than that, he really did a good job of playing efficient. And not and just taking care of the ball. But other than that, I think the OC was definitely too conservative with play calling. Because you look at the playmaker, Sam Brown is a dog. He came out, got the team started in that first half, really played well. Matthew Golden got things going in the second half a little bit. Man Jack was really playing well. So we got the receivers, we got the playmakers. I just think we should have opened it up a little bit more.
3: Okay, what say you? No, I definitely agree with that. It was it, it it was kind of shades of last season, like early last season when um, we couldn't get the offense going, and like Deon said, there. I mean, you had three interceptions, and you were in um, their territory, and you didn't capitalize off. I think only ca- they only capitalized off one of the interceptions. So um, a lot of you know negatives. Like you could you could definitely clean up, but um, also I I did like Donovan Smith how he 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 he, he managed the game well, for, and he showed his experience today for sure. He managed the game well,
0: but it's like they didn't trust him enough. The fourth downs, if you're going to go for it, the play calls there, I didn't understand. I didn't agree with it. They were really conservative on some of those those fourth downs. I'm like, what is this? Y'all decide to go for it, and then you do that.
2: And back to Mo's point, I think the O.C., if I'm not mistaken, that was his first time calling players, the quarterback's coach who was promoted to offensive coordinator once, um, Shannon left. so, I mean, he definitely looked like well, – what I don't say looked like, it seemed like he was tentative and played definitely conservative. But like you said, Chris, I definitely didn't agree with those, call, those fourth down calls in regards to the plays. I think also I was expecting him to use Matthew Golden like they used Tank last year in a slide, getting him a one-on-one situation to be able to, to get the ball in him quickly. And Manjack, he he was in that spot a lot in which he made the plays. I just think Gold is a little bit more explosive, I and mean, he would have got the ball in his hands. He could have made even more explosive plays. But, I mean, it's week one. I, we got the win. I don't want to overdo it, overlook it too much and look too much into it. But you can tell it was the very first game, and Houston is still getting used to Donovan Smith, his strengths, his weaknesses, because – like that, um the broadcaster said, everything in the offseason is scripted. This is the first time to actually adjust against live defense, live bullets to be able to see. So I think there was conservative, and maybe rightfully so. As we remember the Donovan Smith against U.S., he threw three interceptions. So maybe you're protecting him and you're protecting the team by playing conservative and just allowing him to do just enough, especially with your defense playing the way they were, I think you lean on that. And so it's kind of a gift and a curse. Were they too conservative? Yes. But at the same time, it was conservative enough just to get the job done and not to have any turnovers and still get the win.
0: Akima, I'm going to ask you, what are your thoughts on the offensive line, especially early? Overall, run blocking seemed to be an issue, but just your thoughts on the O-line early.
3: Yeah, run, run blocking was a little bit of an issue, but I thought they protected Donovan Smith, uh pretty well they gave him enough time they they bought him time when when he uh he needed it um when he got out of the pocket he had some you know he had time to get rid of the ball too so I thought they did a they did a a decent job that was probably one of the more positive things about this team aside from the run blocking but just overall protecting Donovan Smith I thought uh, that was good
0: would you agree with this that the offense it just wasn't creative enough you lack of creativity on offense, carried over from last year at times.
3: No, no, I, I think I, I, I thought it, the play calling resembled almost like tit for tat last season. Like it was almost predictable in a way. Like sometimes third and long, second and long, they just opted to just run the ball when you know. And clearly, we. I don't. I still feel like just looking at um, our uh, our rushers. We got Smith, Need, Campbell. We still. I still feel like we don't know who that that guy is that running back for us, you know, it's, it could be, it could might, it could be Snead just cause Snead was, I think he played a little bit better, but overall, like the run blocking wasn't there. And then we still don't, I feel like we don't know, we don't have an identity yet offensively. And it's week one,
2: and you kind of expect that. But to your point, I think the run game was supposed to be some type of different running game, especially when we're bringing in um, the offensive line coach slash run game coordinator from Tulane. And it looked like the same run plays to me. I mean, I don't know about you guys. It looked like the same run plays didn't really look any different. And so, I mean, Mathis was effective a little bit. Sneed made a couple plays. Uh, I just. It was just, it was I don't know, man. It was week one. I don't want to put too much of it, but it was definitely conservative, definitely looked the same, but a win is a win. And when you can play like that and your defense is playing as well, then I can I kind of can comprehend and understand why they're so conservative because the defense is playing so well. But just looking forward against more high powered offense. Frank Harris definitely wasn't himself. I don't know what's okay. going on. I know off the offseason, he dealing with some issues and didn't really participate, but he definitely wasn't himself. But other than that, I mean, the defense was like that. That's really the highlight of it. We talk, I know we're talking offense, but defense really, really looked good. And Doug Duck deserves a lot of credit for the um, strategy coming into the game and the way that um, his team played.
0: And I know we've said it. Fan to say the viewers have said it about Matthew Golden getting the ball looking at the stats I'm surprised to see this he has seven targets same as Manjack I, I, I thought that, I didn't see that but the stats say Matthew and Manjack both had seven targets Golden caught four passes for 36 yards Manjack had six catches for 67 yards and one touchdown he and Golden each had a touchdown Samuel Brown was rock solid He was six for six on his targets for 106, but it just, I guess that's don't lie. But I was like, get gold in the ball more, but he has
2: seven targets. So he should have double digit targets. I agree. Okay, let's go with that. He He should have more. Yeah, he needs double digit targets. Seven is not enough. He needs, that's what I'm saying. Like Tank, I don't know how many games last year Tank had. And I'm not comparing him to Tank because Tank is, we are as next level. We we know he's different. But I'm thinking he can play in that same role and have, if not more, just as many explosive plays, highlighting plays with getting the ball in his hands because he's that explosive.
3: Okay, what say you? Yeah, we also saw him. Uh, he got, uh, I mean, yeah, like Matthew, if we're talking about Matthew Golden, like he seven targets is not enough. And also um, he looked frustrated too. Like a, l- a couple of the balls were misplaced early on. He wasn't getting the ball when he had like one-on-one matchups. So, like, def- I could see where his frustration is because he's supposed to be the guy now, and, like, he knows it, the team knows it, and I think Donovan Smith is just probably just trying to get – they're trying to get on the same page, and it's not – they're not clicking. It's still only the first game. But I just want to say one thing, like, with – as far as the defense, I know we had three picks, but I don't think it was all on – it was because of our defense. I think it was a lot of what um, Harris did, and he's he kind of threw – like, t- two of those picks were just – ill-advised throws and we should have came away with picks which we did but then at the same time we gave up like big plays Cephas had a another amazing game he had this I think he had 100 yards last time when he played us um last year if I'm not mistaken so like still like some of those big plays big wide receivers we have trouble with with those guys and um it kind of showed a little bit towards the end of the game Really, uh, with
2: the defense, what they struggle on is stopping the run, and definitely missed that.
3: that. too, yeah, yeah. That opens up when, yeah, when you stop the run, like that opens up your your offense even more in your passing game. So it was definitely because we couldn't really stop the run run game throughout the whole entire game. It, that opened up Cephas a lot too. Definitely,
0: when the quote got hurt, and that that made, oh,
3: that made a difference, <laughs> right? Big right off big the difference, bat. huge yeah. difference.
0: Because once he left the game. UTSA went right up the gut in his absence. Kawion Barnes had that touchdown right up the touchdown right up the middle. I mean, UTSA, 35 carries for, was that, 223 yards? Wow. But to your point about not enough touches for, for Matthew Golden, Cephas had 16 targets. They went to him. He had 16 of the 35 targets for, for receiving running backs. Almost half of the targets went to Joshua Cephas. Whereas Matthew Golden had roughly 20% of the targets for U.H. And as Parker points out, those are t- down in the fourth quarter when he got the ball. Because you could see him getting frustrated on the sideline. The camera showed him his frustration. Like in the third quarter, fourth quarter, he got the ball, then he got the touchdown. S- some things to... To be concerned about, and where is it? The comment from the fan about the tight end. I'm big on tight ends, man. You know, 66, I agree with you. It was good to see O'Laughlin get a look in the fourth quarter as a hell of a throw <laughs> because it was it was real close to being picked. And I'm not sure Donovan saw that the, the DB linebacker coming over to, to uh cover, make a, a play a play on the ball, but o'Laughlin caught it. Key reception. A lot of things. I'm kind of curious to hear Coach Hogerson's reaction. And and Andy Yanez is in postgame press conference. So, looking forward to hearing clips or his comments from what Coach Hogerson does say about the win. It's a win. And let me say this let me be clear. Let me fall on my sword. Okay. I put it on X all summer. I thought the Cougs would lose today. So, they yeah, won. You, you did, Chris? 17 14. I thought they'd lose today. Wow. I because because of, I thought Frank Harris. Okay. Okay. He liked I, Frank Harris. I, I, throw, I get picked three times. So <laughs> you know? And he struggled yeah. for whatever reason. The injury, <laughs> the knee, whatever. Yep. But the defense did enough to win. The Cougs, last five and a half minutes of the game, they ran out the clock. We can quibble about that. I thought it was a first down. Okay, Donovan and that, that spin, I thought he made the first down. And that was a third down, wasn't it? It was third and three. It wasn't fourth down. It was third down. It was third down. So the announcers were saying, you know, that was the last plate. No, it wasn't. It, even if it was close and short, if it was fourth and an inch. I think the Cougs could have got an inch. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? I trust the O-line. I trust Donovan Smith to fall forward to get an inch. Coach Trailer was upset about the spot. I mean, one angle, a well, long angle we saw, was it looked like it was short. And then next thing we know, it's the first down. Whatever. Hometown cooking. Home, hey, it's cook. part of it too. I'm good with that. Whatever. Or let's for the first time we can say this: Power Five calls. Hey, you know <laughs> you get those. Excuse me. Excuse me. Excuse me. My bad. Power Four How calls food. now. You know. Whatever. A win is a win. I mean, hey. Well, but, but I also want to find out the injury status of Malik Fleming. He, mm. he was great. Punt returned, picks, but then he got helped off the field late in the, in the game. So I hope he's okay and the injury's not serious because he, he made an impact, special teams and defense. And he looked like the guy that Coach Hogerson said did the best job covering Tank the last two years. He looked like that kind of dude today.
2: Hopefully that guy
0: will be around going forward for the rest of the season. Your thoughts on everything.
2: No, I mean, I definitely agree. He definitely looked good. Our secondary looked much improved. Outside of some missed tackles, I know Cephas had a a good game, but you're going to give up some yards to some receivers. They essentially keep doing it to them. But overall, the secondary looked improved. Um, You know, that's only game one, and – um, Harris didn't look himself, but I will say the secondary looked good early on. The defensive line was able to get pressure. or uh, with Nelson Caesar, I was I want to see who else is gonna make a name. Anthony Holmes was getting pressure up the middle. the line actually they played really I don't say they played really well, but they played well. I mean in regards to pass situation. They was able to not um let Frank stay in the pocket clean. They was able to make a move around and, and keep pressure on him. But overall the, the defense looked good, but Those uniforms are sweet. You got to touch the uniforms. Can we make those colors, Houston's colors? Like, what's up? Like, um, can we get rid of the black? That's too much like tech. Can we get that? I I love those uniforms. Maybe
0: And and really, black, where is that in our school colors? Ever. Right. Where'd that come from? You know, blue is uh, the navy blue, dark blue. That is one of the colors. Majority is red, clearly. But...
3: Where's black? I mean, I think bl- black came from the the Levine the Levine days with the Halloween, you know, whatever that that whole sequence was, but with the Halloween costumes or whatever they had going on, but but the the blue the blue was nice, and I think uh, I agreed with you, Chris. Like I I wasn't too confident in the team because like, we're I think what we're two and a half point underdogs, but then when I did see the the um, the jerseys come out. I thought, okay, we're going to win for sure. Like, like, how are you going to lose in in, in those oil, baby blue Oiler jerseys?
0: Well, I, well, come on, Aki. I mean, the Oilers broke fans' hearts a lot, here, you know, in H-Town. So there were some some of my friends were like, man, you got these Oiler colors, man. They look good, but the Oilers, what did they win? You know, yeah. so I had that kind of thought, too.
2: Now, I like how they posted the historical context behind it, showing those old Houston police cars with those colors. Yep. So it's more than Houston Oilers. That's a Agreed. Houston thing. And so it's that's why country. I'm like, let's make those Houston colors. I mean, I love it. But as we continue on, let's give a, a, a brief um, intro to our, our sponsors Be sure to go to com For all your Sac Ave and Sky Street Specialist gear Thank you for today's Secondary sponsor Star Pizza With multiple locations Across the Houston area Star Pizza is your go-to shop Before or after games And buy SACAF.com, Your stop shop for a future Officially licensed SacAv merchandise
0: Excellent And the colors I'm okay with it But let's put it out there. They should have made the merch available for purchase. Man, oh, man, that's a missed opportunity right there. Fans in H-Town, heck, non-fans. Ooh, those jerseys are fire. I mean, how can I buy that? Oh, yeah, we're not selling it. What?
2: (laughs) What? Man, they dropped the ball on that. They dropped the ball. I can tell you so many ways, in my opinion, that they dropped the ball on marketing and overall, in my opinion, from not only do you release the jersey, which those are fine, but after that, there's more content to be released, like show content of the players receiving the jerseys, content of the stitching of the jerseys, so much to build on it, then release, hey, these jerseys are for sale. So it's so much marketing. Look at other programs from Colorado, all the access and all the content that they put out, we're still withholding the the bolts and nuts, um, the bolts and the what what coaches want to hold? You don't give up most of the behind the scenes, but in this day and age, it's about marketing. Like you, like the, oh man, it's so much that I can say about the lack of marketing. The pro man, I don't even want to get into. But Chris, you're right on. Like they dropped the ball. Like everyone, I say, where can I get it? Where can I get it? And you're not. It's coming. It yep. should be here. It's week one.
3: Like man, that's ridiculous. I, I actually spoke to someone on the uh, coaching staff, and they didn't. They didn't know. Uh, like they they found out not at the same time as us, but they found out later as well about the um, the jersey. So I think it just wasn't there was not really coordination or planning. Uh, That's a problem. I can't. Yeah, I don't, and, <laughs> no, they, for sure. And I'm agreeing with it, with everyone. I, I just I don't know who's really in charge of it. Like, who does that go to? You know, <laughs>
0: it. You know, and to my horn.
3: So and we're a Big the, Twelve yeah. team now. Like by the way, like we can't gotta, and we gotta act like it. Yeah. Gotta yeah. act like a Big yeah. Twelve
0: team. Gary Classy, I interviewed him Thursday. If you haven't watched it, check it out. That's really the, my biggest negative that he said that the merch was was not available for purchase Thursday, as of when it was launched. With the grit on social media, drop ball there, but his other ideas seem like he wants to be more aggressive in marketing. All those things, marketing different, reaching the fan differently, promotion differently. Excellent. First things first, man. This merch should have been available for sale Thursday at noon. Do a countdown launch, something. It would have been sold out. Man,
2: it would have been sold out.
0: Because we we saw bootleg copies <laughs> in the in the stadium. And one thing about it is because it looks like all the jerseys, fans could well. I'm I'm wearing the love you, Houston right now. Uh no, you're not because that's yeah, um, yeah. Y- because it looks so much like the Oilers jerseys from back in the day. Fans could get by with that today. Missed opportunity. Big time. I'm not, Dan, I'm going to go here. I'm going to go here. It's worlds apart. Dan touched on a little bit. But y- y'all believe, truly. Coach Prime would have said, oh, no, we're not selling jerseys just yet. What? <laughs> Come on, man. Oh, goodness, man. I missed opportunity. It's a new era. The Cougs are now in the Big 12. You got to start acting like Big 12 programs. How could this idea, did no one think about the idea not being ready? This merch not being ready? But one of the fans want to, if they it so hyped about it and don't want, we don't if it's not for sale? Oh, don't worry about that. It'll be ready in a couple of
3: months or it's coming. It's not really that difficult to do. Like, I'm not trying to downplay, like, You know how hard it is or how easy it is to put this together it's really not something that that, like you don't have to have the best stitching jerseys like you just have to have something decent decent of decent quality and that's there's there's a a million companies nowadays that does that does this kind of work so it's really not hard to figure it out and put it together quick either And, and even
2: if you want to build the anticipation like, hey, we have shirts now, we have hats now, but the Jersey's are coming. Stay tuned. Like, there's different ways that you can market it, but they dropped the ball on it. But Houston, I'm glad they got the win, man, because at some point after those three turnovers and UTSA was able to drive and it was still a one-possession game, I'm like, how is this game a one-possession game? Like, yeah. how? Like, like, what? But they got the win. If they, they got the win. I don't even want to say if they got the win, much needed win. And I expected them to win that game. I mean, I knew UTSA lost their best receiver who transferred to Ole Miss, had a couple other transfers, I mean, graduates who lost out. And so I was expecting Houston to be more prolific offensively. I thought they would open it up a little more, let Matthew Golden and receivers have even a bigger game. And I thought they would be able to run the ball even more or be more Um, committed to running the ball, but overall, I mean, they got the win, and that's really what all the matters is. Week one, I don't want to get too high too low. Of course, this is what we do. We're breaking it down, so we appreciate everyone tuning in to Let's Race Coops, but at the same time, it's it's, it's week one. They're 1-0.
0: And we are going to, for the next almost four minutes, hear from Coach Dana Hogerson, post-game comments from him about the win. I'm kind of curious to hear what he had to say. Here we go.
4: All set.
5: Please edit my language.
4: Yeah, uh, I don't think they're wrong yet. Let me let me make a comment first. Uh, uh, you know, it, good win, ugly win, um, disciplined win. Uh, you know, good all three sides team win. But all that aside, um, this place looked awesome today. You know, I, I, it's, it's you know it's been a vision. You know, from our athletic department from administration you know certainly myself uh, can't thank the fans enough the student section enough they turned out um, you know and they made a difference and you know I can't tell you how much that affects our players when they when they go out to warm-ups and there's people and they they hit the field um, and there's just there's a lot of excitement you guys know what I'm talking about I just I'm really happy for our players to be able to experience that for our student section to be able to experience that, <clears throat> you know, for our fan base to uh, be able to see that, we had 200 recruits here. They have to, our recruits have to see, to see that. I get asked all the time, you know, what what moves the needle with recruiting? It's it's atmospheres like this. Um, this was a good start, you know, and I'm thrilled to be one and oh. We got a lot of work to do as a football team, but I I, I like this team. Uh, their effort is good. <clears throat> their attention is good. They're trying, man, you know, and I think we're going to keep getting better. And better. We have Mike's here in the middle. Please ask for a mic. we have get first question here, Chris.
1: David, to get that kind of uh, defensive performance, does that sort of validate what you guys
4: you know, been working on? Yeah, uh, it, it, was, it was fun watching, you know, some of the older guys, uh, you know, that we brought in, you know, A.J. Halsey. You know, is a force uh, Malik Fleming is a playmaker. You know, David you, Bob Bogue. How they do, to Yeah, Uwebu. Very, you Yigwebu, Okay, uh, is is a ball player. Uh, Brandon Mack. You know, hadn't practiced a whole lot, but he got out there and, and, and played a good bit. Zay, Zay Hamilton. Uh, you know, we, we've improved ourselves. Okay, so then you get you know you, you have that with guys that you know returning guys like. Alex Hogan, who played in four games last year. Uh, Malik Robinson, who played in two games last year. Uh, Caesar, who's a, a, a stud. You know, uh, you know, it's a good start. They're a good football team. They've won 23 games in the last two years and back-to-back conference champions. They're a good football team. We knew we'd have our hands full, and we did enough to be able to win, and we did it. You know, certainly defensively, was a tremendous uh, performance. Uh, disappointed, you know, Overall, offensively, we're not anywhere close to where we need to be. You know, getting us three quarters of turnovers in the in the third quarter and not doing a whole lot with them is very disappointing. We'll keep working hard offensively and get better, but uh, did enough defensively to win. Uh, Dana, uh, what was your assessment of Donovan Smith's performance, particularly of his comfort level in the offensive decision making? Spotty, uh, very spotty. Uh, the, the thing about Donovan is just how poised he is. He is he is poised. Uh, Nothing bothers him. Um, He's not wide-eyed. He's he's you know he's cleverly putting in. He's he's in a new offense and you know everything's new to him. But uh, you know was was great in the run game. Um, Was you know was hit and miss a little bit in the pass game. Uh, Although we did have some fairly good offensive receiving. Uh, plays out there. Uh, got a long ways to go, but was very pleased and just his overall demeanor, you know, and how he, how he takes control of them. Coach,
0: you
3: mentioned Malik Fleming. Um...
0: What are your thoughts on what you heard from Coach Holgerson? But right there, that was the announced attendance 37,862. But first thing first, I'm, I'm with Coach. It was great to see people in the building. <laughs> the stadium y'all know how i am hard on our alums for not being at td ecu but your thoughts on the, tonight's attendance
2: i loved it i think we are, uh me and you chris are equally as hard on the fans and their lack of participation in the past but I, I i think it's brilliant and it shows the new era of houston football in regards to big 12 crowds showing up and so i love it it was good to see that and i love the importance how you stressed that this really helps the players and, and it really does from an energy momentum standpoint it really does. So it was great for him to say that. It was good for him to highlight it and show the importance from the fans to show up. And kudos to the fans for actually showing up. And I think it's only the beginning. I am expect bigger and better crowds as the season goes on.
3: Aki, what say you? I mean, I expected this. It uh, should have been close to sell, a sellout, which it was. I mean, it's the first game being in the Big 12 now. Um, I expected us to have this type of attendance. Now it's, just, it's a matter of is it going to continue on? If we if we you know put a couple of losses together like it could easily go go the opposite way so and I know what there are other other teams are, because it's a Big Twelve they're gonna bring you know their fans out like when we play Texas and uh, the you know the, the other Big Twelve teams so it's it's just a matter of us continuing this um, this attendance and uh, those t- those type of games are gonna get sold out though like I still believe that it's just like when we play like a TCU like are we gonna have this type of attendance, I think we play them uh, next next week or the week after I believe, but sixteenth sixteenth. so yeah, so you know for next week you got to win that game too and then you know come back um for that I think TCU's at home I believe yes. or- yeah okay. it's home. Club opener yes sir yeah, yeah exactly.
2: and i I think the a lot of fans w- was going off the momentum from last year's game against UTSA, with how electrifying that game was, how, excite, how the excitement in that game, and I think they were anticipating another really excited game. And it was an exciting game just for different reasons. It wasn't as much high scoring, but still a lot of drama field, and Houston was able to come out victorious.
0: This is a good point by Juan. I, didn't, I mean, it makes sense. But, yeah, tonight's attendance was really impressive considering the Astros were playing the Yankees the same time downtown. So, yeah, that, that is a very good point. And, and I do Astros believe... Game,
3: that game was a sellout, too, actually. The Astros so, game, so.
0: so... that means we're looking at 80,000 people downtown, roughly? I'm not sure what capacity is it. I, I, think minima, like 40, but I think it's like 40,000, 40, yeah. yeah. So 40,000 plus there, and 30, almost 38,000 at TDECU Stadium. That is impressive. And I think TCU game will be sold out. The first Big 12... Game for the Cougs, home game, home conference game for the Cougs. Doesn't matter that TCU lost today. It'll be the Cougs' home opener against a Big 12 opponent. So I'm looking forward to that. But yes, next Saturday, the Cougs go far, far, far to play Rice at Rice. (laughs) So down the street on Main to play the Rice Owls, who defensively played pretty well against the Longhorns in the first half. And then lack of depth and talent and all those things. Rice lost to Texas in the second half, as expected. All right, we got another clip. Andy Yanez is on his
2: job. He got comments from... Before before we go to the next clip, Chris, can we we talk about Donovan Smith? He talked about Donovan Smith. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Yes, of course. And he talked about him being spotty and him kind of still adjusting to being in a new system. And I'm glad he was honest about that because that's exactly what I saw um, watching the game. But his poise did... um, stick out in regards to him being poised and having the experience that he has. He played like he's an experienced player. Didn't turn it over almost through two picks. But outside of that, he made good solid decisions. He, he ran when the opportunity was there. And I wasn't surprised to see that power running game with him because he's a bigger, stronger quarterback. So me and Andy talked about that. And I wasn't surprised with saying that, but other than that, I was expecting him to push the ball deep down the field more really wasn't a lot of deep, um, passes deep downfield. He has a big, has a rocking arm, but he was really good in a, um, the short intermediate passing game. Very accurate, strong arm. But I think as he keeps um, developing, still getting comfortable in the system, Houston will open it up a little more, allow him to throw the ball deep downfield because the one deep ball that I can think of was Sam Brown made Mof the defender went up and got, got the pass. And so Donovan definitely was spotty, but overall he didn't turn it over. And he did just enough to get the job done and get the victory.
3: And he only, to add to uh, Deion's point, he only threw, I'm looking at the stats from uh, the UH website, but he only went one for four on deep passes, so which is 15 yards or plus. So that's not really, you know, that's not the best thing. And he, for sure, deon touched on that. as like, like well, I expected a li- couple of more deep throws because he, he has that capability, him ha- having played in the Big 12, being more experienced, but i thought i mean overall with uh with coach that the um, the press conference i thought he said what needed to be said as opposed to last season where like <laughs> he kind of put a blame <laughs> on on players and stuff he he's i think he he kept it you know a little low profile like yeah i i think so far the last few weeks
0: coach hogerson is it it seems to be a, a new dana i um, mean he's more relaxed he's still straightforward but he he does seem to be more positive, more realistic, more honest. We'll see how long it lasts. My concern regarding Donovan Smith and the deep balls—you know, one for four, only four opportunities going deep—I still have questions about the O line. I, I just, you know, it was a question mark with the new head coach, offensive line coach taking over, losing some players, transfers left O line, lack of depth up front. I still have concerns you, about that. That might. You think he was hurt? Well. Was
3: he? You thought he was hurried a little too much? Yeah. Or, what you talking about how they protect the him,
0: Overall, it got better in second half. He still got sacked three times. He got he got he got stuck a couple times too, on some some attempts down the field. So they got to tighten it up a little bit. Well, a lot I think, because I think opposition will get better in conference play. But it's uh, you know. Part of what we do here on, on the post-game show, Let's Rate Cook's postgame post-game show, is to critique and find things that went, went wrong to, in, to, in our eyes. Cougs won 17-14. They have room to improve. I think next Saturday against Rice, they'll, they'll improve against Rice. I think we'll see more passes down the field. Rice has – they're just not good enough to compete with U.H., if you plays their best game, now it's up to the players and the staff to do that, because if they don't, post game, we're gonna say so <laughs> clearly. But all right, let's see. Ben has Ben, you, I want you to add more into this here. I thought I was watching a high school football game the whole time. Mm, interesting, lack of hustle on defense. And then he says, we cannot play like this against TCU. Well, TCU's defense, they couldn't tackle early and then got, they couldn't stop Colorado anytime, you know, they they couldn't make plays on the stretch. So TCU's defense may not be good or Colorado may be really good. We'll see how the season progresses. But I didn't see anything in TCU that I'm like, oh, I'm afraid that the Cougs, I'm not afraid, you know, based on what I saw today in both games. And then Baylor lost to Texas State. In Waco, gave okay, up 42 points. Who do you think is more concerned, Baylor fans or UH fans? Uh, <laughs> okay. Or TCU fans? Baylor, TCU, or UH fans?
3: Two of those teams lost. It, yeah. <laughs> one more. Now, just touching on uh, Mr. Ben's point, I don't think it was a lack of hustle, though, on defense. I thought we hustled okay. I think we just missed tackles which is a theme of last season and we're just bringing it back again um this season so uh, i don't think it was a lack of hustle per se but definitely you got to clean up the tackling you hit it right on
2: the head i could i agree with him, one one thousand percent i don't think it was a lack of hustle i just think of missed tackles which is the story of last season Miss tackles but other than that like chris said they won. I mean, it easily could have been the other way. You look at some of the other teams, Texas State, how they beat Baylor in Baylor. Shout out to TJ Finley, LSU transfer, black quarterback. He balled out today on the road. But man, this, TCU, they they don't they didn't scare me either. I didn't see anything and I actually predicted. Well, we'll get into that later, but Houston got the got the job done man.
0: Yo, and yo, yo, a couple can things. You guys
1: hear me.
0: We hear you, we don't see you. Oh,
1: we hear you, you guys can't see me?
0: Not, not on the screen, but in the studio, yes. But a couple of things. I As fans are, are venting their comments, they're not frustrated, just adding comments to, to the Let's Rage Coop show. We agree on this point right here. The fourth down play calling needs to be better. It, it just it didn't make sense. It wasn't aggressive. Okay, you decide to go for it. Good. But then the play calls on fourth down. Like, what are you thinking? What was what was the objective? Were you were you trying to throw? Were you trying to go throw the tight end? Which only got like, I think one target all game to the out the flat. What what was the strategy there? So that was interesting. But as Parker points out, this this surprised me because it was BYU seven nothing before our show started. And it's still seven nothing BYU over Sam Houston. Okay, that's <laughs> surprising. This is important. UTSA is not a bad team. Okay, they're not a bad football team. They were favored by the betting lines. Two point. I could be say you saw two and a half. The Cougs won. The Cougs. If if they would have lost today, it would have been disappointing. But to Vegas, it not have been a surprise. So let's keep that in mind. Kuz one know. Malik, oh, Andy, can you hear us? You're moving around the field there. Can you hear us? I got a question for you before we play the clip from Sam Brown. I think he's trying to find a Wi-Fi spot. But, Andy, can you hear us? If
1: not— Yeah, I can hear you guys. Can you see me?
2: We can see you. You're, you're frozen.
0: You. We can hear you.
2: Another quick score update. Wyoming is up over Texas Tech 20-0. Fourth quarter under nine minutes left. Texas Tech. Did I freeze again? Ball. Yes, you did. Say, say that again. Wyoming is leading Texas Tech 20-17 to with under nine minutes left. Texas Tech has the ball, but Wyoming has all the momentum right now.
1: What about now? Am I still
0: frozen? You still are. Yes, sir. But. You work on that. We're going to play a clip from Sam Brown, posting comments from Coons receiver Sam Brown after Houston's 17-14 win over UTSA. Sam Brown with 106 receiving yards.
5: Donovan really you know, had a connection there. What was, what was, what was working for you? Just uh, preparation. I had a great week of practice, you know, just to, to be consistent. That's just brought my practice mojo to the game. I am having a nervousness coming to the game like I did last year, but that's 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 because I, I mean, I trashed over here from West Jail last year, so I ain't played a lot of football, so that's where the nervousness came from. But I trust my per- preparation today. What do you think of the fan involvement day? First game of the season, first game of the Big Twelve. Uh, it was amazing. We we need that every week in, week out. That's what that's what we we talk about now them. Next question. How did you? This-
1: you know, for receiving, of course, sort of like play off each other, having, um, you know, Manjack and, and, you know, Matthew as well, as well. I mean, how does that sort of, you know, combination help
5: you? Uh, It's it's lovely. Like, not even, it's the whole receiver group. Like, we put we push, like, we fight for position every day in practice. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, if we're not coming out on our A game one day, it can easily be the next man up. But, you feel me? But we, the receiver group's so close, like, we want everybody to win. Like, I'm pretty sure everybody touches the ball, like, uh, see uh, we touch, everybody touches the ball today. Cindy, was in, in, in practice, what have you seen from Malik? Okay, let Fleming? Yeah. Just electric. Like, he's electric. From palm return uh, the, uh, defense, he just, he's, he's a playmaker. Can't say too much about it. He's another Georgia boy.
1: Sam, going off Malik, he got he got you guys both those touchdowns with a good field position. What was kind of that offensive spark that you had after those two plays that he made? Uh, just,
5: just, t- just trying to keep it rolling. That's all it was. It was we, we had the energy on the sideline the whole time. It was just like we we're just trying to put it together. Like as Coach always say, like when we up, don't coast. When we even, compete. And when we down, don't, do panic. That's all that was. We was just playing, play by play.
1: Sam, overall, how do you evaluate uh, the total offensive of performance for you guys tonight? Uh.
5: We got the dub so you can't you can't your family can't hang hang your head on now, you can't be blinded up, but we definitely gotta be more efficient and turnover turn over bracket, like family other like change um change a feel, like how Malik had them two picks, we gotta capitalize off of them. Um and then just be more efficient on third down, first down family we can we can take uh um, take the top off of our receivers like we refresh, like we can go three and three out, four in four out, whatever you want to do. Sam, you talked about the energy. what did
1: it mean that you know had that crowd and you know everyone into it? Did you did you sense a, a different excitement?
5: Yeah, it, it definitely felt it definitely felt a little bit different. Just looking out there, like looking yeah. in the crowd, it was just like you you really couldn't see no space in the crowd unless you looked up top, but that's what we did. That's all we asked for Sell that crowd every time we gonna we gonna put on a show. One or two more?
4: Chris? What you see in that, the, the long catch where you had to go up and, and, and sort of grab it? What you, you see in that play?
5: Uh, okay, I can, I can tell you, Priest, I already knew. I, I was looking at that ball just because he was mad. And just the backside concept, we we already had took that safety away from me. So, family, I, I could just tell you, I, was gonna, I already knew if I slipped inside, the safety guys was going to come to me. So I took the outside release to make it a one-on-one, and I just kept the And I think the ball was going to be where I needed to be to make money. One
0: more. All right, that was Cougs wide receiver Sam Brown after tonight's 17-14 win, Houston win over UTSA. Sam with 106 receiving yards and joining us from the field at TDECM yes, Stadium. Yes, got it. Yanez, how are you, sir? We can hear you. We can see you. You can see me. My question for <laughs> you good. before you get going, any update on injuries for the Cougs?
1: Cherdozi and Walkwell, no timetable, but head coach Dana Horris said it was an ankle injury. And that's all pretty much the update that he gave post game in regards to injury.
0: So nothing about Malik Fleming?
1: Now, Malik Fleming, I, it sounds like he's good. He talked post game as well. Um, doesn't seem okay. like that would be a long term issue. All right. Well, your thoughts on the game? Thoughts on the game overall, it wasn't pretty, which would be an understatement, but they got the job done. That's what's the most important thing. They escaped with the win. I think specifically the biggest thing that stands out is that the defense looked 100 times better than what it did last season, which is very, very good for the Houston Cougars Deanna and I touched on it during Majama. Their defense really only had one direction to go from last season and I was up and they put it together. They forced Frank Harris who obviously is an experienced quarterback for UTSA. He's been at the helm for the Roadrunners for multiple seasons and you mentioned Malik Fleming. He came up clutch with two back-to-back interceptions on two different drives to different plays. I think the defense overall did a good job of being able to contain Harris and really limiting his damage that he was able to do with his legs. And then on offense, uh Donovan Smith, the quote from head coach Dana Hoverson that he said that body is probably the best way to, to evaluate his performance after week one. But I think what stood out from all the players uh, and what they said post game was that they're they're excited, not because they won, they're excited because one they came in with the victory but there's so much that they feel like they can improve on and it's on to week two against rice as we see miles coleman the defense looked so much better absolutely via the hoop and holler comment section but that's where my overall evaluation i think in general would it have been nice to see the offense steamroll and take advantage capitalize on those three turnovers that came literally in back-to-back sequences yes but at the end of the day, they got the job done. It wouldn't be a Houston Cougars game if they didn't have to sweat out, and and there was some doubt heading into the final two minutes of the game.
0: Danny, you got any comments, questions for Andy?
2: Yeah, I think going into Rice um, next week, I think it'll be a point of emphasis focusing on the run game. And Coach Hogerson, anyone in post game talk about the run game or like the rough?
1: the run the run game in general he didn't mention it it, other than that they really want to make it a point of emphasis like something he's mentioned throughout training camp not only for this season but over the course of past few seasons and he did allude to that final plays in in the final drive that the houston cougars were able to find some success when it came to um being able to execute plays to to pick up first downs and being being able to milk the clock he mentioned that Hopefully that's something that they can continue to build on and stack up. Uh, overall offensive line performance, you didn't necessarily touch on that as well. But again, there was a lot of spotty. At the, for most of the game, the offensive line and then the running game was non-existent. So they kept trying to run down the middle, and for most instances, they're limited to two, three-yard gains, if anything at all. That's obviously, obviously going to be something that's going to determine how successful the Houston Cougars offense is for the rest of the season, they're going to continue to be trying to pound the rock. And that's going to be what's going to determine how successful Houston Cougars are this season, in my opinion. But other than that, not nothing too analytical about the offensive line's performance in this post-game conference.
2: To the Did offensive guys- line credit yeah. – oh, sorry, Chris. To the offensive line credit and the, the running back's credit, when – Fourth quarter, when we had that three-point lead and we had to run time off the clock, one of the toughest things to do is run the ball when the other team know you're going to run the ball. And Houston was able to run it then, get four or five yards per carry with Tony Mathis, and they were able to stay ahead of the change to getting those third and three, third and two situations on those last couple of drives to run time off the clock. So I want to make sure I mention that and give credit.
0: I just want to get you guys' thoughts on Miles' statement here. Once offense gets going, and if defense can hold on, we should be competitive this season in the Big 12.
1: Agreed? Disagree? Once again, Miles Coleman, the Houston, Hoop and Holler, collective comment section. what are your thoughts on that question?
3: No, I thought, no, for sure, like 100%. It's just a matter of, like, if, you know, if the defense can hold on and because uh, the Big are uh, the, the some of these teams are like very high-powered offenses. Like it's not easy to hold these teams to like what today we had today we held UTSA to fourteen. Like it's not gonna be as easy. I mean, it wasn't even easy today against UTSA, and we're gonna have be- tougher competition in the Big Twelve. So it's like a big if on that. And then with the with the offense, I think just the good thing with the offense is um, there's like a lot of improvements that you can make um and we still played solid it's just we didn't capitalize um on certain plays that we needed to and then i, I just wanted to w- w- mention one more thing is like with samuel brown i thought that was an amazing you know press conference from him like he answered questions in detail he talked about play play calling and then he was being very honest he said he he didn't have the jitters you know today like he did in last season um just because of his experience so i just i just really you know appreciated and liked his his answers
0: and he also said how important it is for the fans to be at the stadium
3: and he also talked about
2: his ability to read coverage. When he asked about the big play he made, he mentioned realizing the alignment of the defense, realizing it was one-on-one without the safety. So that also stuck out to me. But to Miles' point, I agree with Miles 100%. I, I think, I mean, you look at, we already talked about Baylor. They got beat. TCU put up a lot of points, but uh, they didn't look at me, do anything to scare me. So I think it's a, uh, it's, we look at the Big 12 and we think high-powered offense, but right now Texas Tech has 17 points against Wyoming, and so uh, we we think that. But realistically, game to game, is week one.
3: I mean, historically, we, we, we know they put a point like numbers. We, yeah, we think especially Tech, Tech. You know, it's just maybe this season might be different. Who knows? But
1: we got to say time. historically. I will say this: that that Baylor game is obviously the most shocking score out of all of the week one college football games. That the day on whenever we did just a week ago, whenever we did the preview of the schedule and we that, that game at Baylor, we, we saw that and we really thought, hey, that's gonna be a struggle for the Houston Cougars. And it's barely week one, but it, potentially that could end turn up to be that Baylor doesn't end up being as good as we initially thought this season. So you never know. To so going back to uh, the comment by Miles, absolutely, if that's the rest, that's gonna be the recipe for success for this Houston Cougars team. If they can find some type of offensive success, in particular when it comes to their running game, they cycled in running backs. Uh, they had the rotation of running backs. Um, you had Stacey Sneed in there. You had Brandon Campbell in there. You had Tony Mathis in there. So they have the backs to be able to have success in the ground game. I think a lot of it is going to have to be on the offensive line, being able to effectively block so that those running backs can get into the secondary level and start making the uh, guys miss. And in particular, I we saw it from Donovan Smith. I know when it comes to the numbers overall, they're not necessarily going to be um, eye-popping, but overall, he had 31 rushing yards on 13 rushes. That's, again, an, an extra layer of versatility that he brings to the Houston Cougars offense. And if the Cougars are able to establish a dominant, consistent run game, guess what that's going to be able to do? We're going to open up passing lanes, and potentially we are going to see a lot more plays from Donovan Smith like that big uh, 47-yard catch and completion he had with Sam Brown uh, that's ultimately what's arguably one of the most exciting plays of the game when it comes to, from an offensive standpoint for Houston I will say this when it comes to the success of the defense a lot of it's going to have to be predicated on how severe uh, on Wacquo's injury is because obviously that's going to be a huge loss in the middle if he is you know going to be missing an extended period of time and what we saw you mentioned TCU and their game against Colorado earlier today TCU, they have a really, really good running back. It's going to be interesting to see how Houston tries to stop him when they come to town on September 16th. Yeah,
0: Let's hear comments from Donovan Smith, and then we'll get our reaction to what Donovan had to say. Here we go. UH quarterback, Donovan Smith, postgame
6: even Sam Brown making that big catch on the post route and then Manjag made a clutch a catch up uh, over in the middle in the red zone to set it up for Matt, but everyone's just really good, you know, we just still have a lot of potential, a lot of things got to fix, uh, which we're excited about I'm excited about just to go watch it, just learn from it, and that's really the biggest thing coming out of the first game, just watch it, see what can get better and just uh, improve next week and then on, on Tuesday, you mentioned how sort of the biggest thing in this
2: first game is still the mistakes, you yep. guys had no turnovers mm-hmm. uh, I think four penalties, I mean how big was that for you guys yeah. you know, in terms of emphasis yeah. but also just in terms of positives
6: to take away? Yeah, yeah, that's very important because I feel like you could really win and lose games uh, just based off penalties but I'd say it really goes to our defense playing an outstanding game Malik um, had an outstanding game but just all together they just played a great game on defense um, and we, we appreciate them so just uh, we're, we're just excited for it. just the penalties as you said just defense played really good and the offense line did very
5: good so minimal mistakes uh, will help you win. Speaking of Malik in practice, do you see that quite a bit in terms of yeah. how he covers
6: and the fact that he can go up and get a ball like that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Malik, yeah, he, he always talked about it. He was like, hey, man, don't throw my way in practice. No, just messing with me, everything like that. But uh, I think I probably completed one ball on him, uh, just tested him in practice. So uh, he, he's a great cover guy. I feel like he's a very, very underrated dude that people really um, kind of look over. But he did a great job today as well as the whole defense. Were there any
5: times in the game tonight where you felt like the crowd came into effect and like really helped you all out?
6: Yeah, yeah, it was really all game, honestly. Just coming out the tunnel, you know, you feel the energy on third downs, you feel the energy. Uh, whenever we make big plays, you feel the energy. So, you know, a crowd played a huge part in it. it just got us going, um, and really the energy when you know maybe we felt down a little bit or we we're like, man, you know, we got to do better. But the, uh, the, the the fans stayed in the whole game uh, and just kept us going. The last drive, uh, you know, two-third down
1: conversions. how important was it for you guys as an offense to, you know, keep the ball yeah. and not get it back you guys talk about that?
6: Yeah, yeah, so that's just, uh, just I guess, like, every team knows, like, a four-minute offense-type thing, but the offense line did a phenomenal job. Running back did a phenomenal job. Just making plays as well as the wide receivers blocking because, you know, it can't it – can't, uh, have positive plays not everyone's doing their job so it was just a great outstanding job from the O-line starting with them and just getting first downs making holes for uh, running backs and just getting the job done so it was a phenomenal job Did you, did you see, don't see something from Michael on, on that the 32 that
4: haven't used it much, but did you see something
6: there? Yeah, yeah, I was actually just talking to him, just talking about how that was such an underrated play that uh, many people may look over, but, you know, the game could have been totally different if he didn't catch that ball. So Mike is just a very, uh, I would say, very reliable person to throw to. So I just saw him open, you know, it was a tight window. It was really a higher ball than it should have been, but he just made a phenomenal catch, got in the first down. That's some, something that we're going to go back to and just see it on tape, and it's very good to
3: see. Donovan, when an an offense maybe is struggling or just to get going early on, what does it do when, when you have a defense that on three straight passes there Kept giving you guys the ball. Kept yeah.
2: giving you chances. Yeah, it's great. You know, it
6: just gives us motivation. You know, it's kind of like we think. You know, we got to do our part. You know, it's all about um, complementary uh, playing. You know, the defense does something good. And now the offense, we got to do something as well too. So we just really appreciate the defense's game. Just playing an outstanding game. Just doing their job. Uh, the coaches put them in great positions as well. So it was just the defensive phenomenon. A couple more for Donovan. What are your thoughts on the jerseys? I thought the jerseys were great. I love the whole, the whole Houston Oilers. It was this amazing throwback jersey. Everyone kind of put their little spice on. I kind of kept it basic, but uh, you know, there was some blue, blue laces, blue spat out there. So I thought it was this great tribute to the city. You know, just trying to, just trying to get, give that there's a new, new era of football coming here. So this just it was a, I thought they were amazing. I, I loved it.
1: So once again, Donovan Smith really, uh, really happy when it comes to the Houston. Oilers throwback, um, really, the Houston Oilers homage to the love you blue days. But before we get into the discussion of Donovan, Donovan Smith and his postgame comments, of course, we like to remind everybody that this is the return of Let's Rage Cougs, the first of season two. Let's Rage Cougs here on uh, streaming on multiple platforms. Officially, the first time that Let's Rage Cougs is streaming live on the Podtime Jammer YouTube channel. Of course, it's also streaming on the Houston Roundball Review YouTube channel. And it's also streaming on the Podstime Jamla Twitter slash X. And of course, this is Let's Rage Coops presented by the Saxinian family. We can never say thank you enough to Steve Saxinian for being a primary sponsor for the Let's Reach post postgame show, in particular, the first three postgame shows of the football season. Of course, we also like to say thank you to our other secondary sponsors for today's episode, beginning with Star Pizza with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to stop before or after the game for some delicious pizza. And, of course, we also like to say thank you to SACAV.com. They're your one-stop shop for officially licensed SACAV merchandise. Sackab was active, and a made a return in today's game against UTSA. In particular, Nelson Caesar had a strong game, but I digress. Pass it over to you guys. Donovan Smith's comments. Besides, uh, he he loves to love your be- the love your blue jerseys.
0: First things first. Let me get dissecting it. The Kooks have three penalties. Three. Yeah. The Kooks. Yeah. <laughs> the Kooks have three That's penalties. That's a big
1: difference from last year.
0: Agreed. Three penalties. No turnovers just, either. 25 yards, no turnovers. That's winning football. Contrast that mm-hmm. UTSA had eight penalties and got picked and off three, three times. Mm-hmm. And you see what which team won and which team lost. Correct. Now Donovan Smith, Andy, we're gonna take the comments about the jerseys last, but Dayan mm-hmm. Aki. You guys go first about the first part of what Donovan said in those postgame comments.
2: I mean, instead that to me how the offense really played complementary football. I think if it was a a different game or was high power scoring, you would have seen the offense probably open it up a little bit more. But I think with the defense playing as well as they were playing, I think the play calling was as conservative as they were just to ensure that you don't have that mistake to swing the momentum. Because we know football is a game of momentum. They're really too too much sports. And so I think Donovan really talked about that a little bit and kind of hinted how well the defense played and how they didn't want to kind of um, make a mistake but and wanted to play clean football. And they really did. that. And I think if the – Different games call for different play calls. And I, so I, for first game, I I think they could have did more, but they really got the dub. So that's really what matters. Parker? I'll say – oh, go ahead, Oh
3: uh, No, I just want to say – yeah, the penalties for sure. You, you mentioned that, Chris, and then Donovan Smith also mentioned that That was like the a tale of last season was just penalties and then um, turnovers. That's like – it was a totally different story. I think that's literally – really what won us the game at the end of the day was the lack of penalties and then uh, and holding on to the football for sure and then the last thing I just want to just mention was it was defense um I think we still have that issue with uh, when the other team starts going up tempo I don't know what it is this was last season as well like this what anytime UTSA went up tempo we just seem to have so much trouble like figuring out what we are doing and it's that's on the coach.
1: Andy? I will say this in regards to specifically um, Donovan Smith's performance. or was a comment from Miles Coleman. He was expecting a shootout. Instead, we got an old-school defensive slugfest. But when it comes to Donovan Smith, we learned one thing. And I, I, heading into the season, we, I kind of saw it last year when Houston played Texas Tech. But he reinforced that he is not scared. <laughs> He's not scared of throwing into coverage whatsoever. If he sees a window, he thinks he can – he's very confident in his arm to be able to make all the throws, which can be a good thing. It can also potentially be a bad thing, and I think he got spared today a couple of times where he threw into double coverage. He threw into triple coverage at one point, but he just – maybe he did it on purpose. He just overthrew everyone that not not even any of the defenders were able to make a play on it. Uh, But there was one play in particular where the – QTSA defender should have come away with an interception. that's something to keep an eye on and uh, obviously there was some good just look at the two touchdowns that he have um, again he showed that he's uh, able to make big plays with his legs I um, mean he made a couple of he pick up a couple of big first downs with his legs over the course of the game. so we saw a little bit of the good we saw a little bit of the bad I think Dana Holverson's word in spotty was an accurate evaluation. But I think that's just in general. The offense in general was spotty. We mentioned Matt Golden heading into the season. um, What he showed us in his freshman year, he didn't necessarily have the most eye-popping game when it comes to the stat sheet. Sam Brown, he had a great, great first half. And then second half, UTSA made adjustments. And uh, Joseph Manjack, he was consistent. He made some very clutch plays when needed. But again, overall, if you were to give a grade to the offense, it had to be a C. They had some good moments. They had some bad moments. And at the end of the day, they came away with a win. And, and the defense really, uh, the defense gets an A. The defense was um, sensational. And they're the big reason why the Houston Cougars came away with a win in their season opener as their first official game as a Big 12 program.
0: Now, let's talk about the jerseys. Andy, we've already talked about it. Get your thoughts on it. Joe Mendez, the jerseys and hats need to be on sale in all academies and Dick's sporting goods by tomorrow alas that won't happen chris b said you wait took too long with the love you blue merch waiting on my custom jersey from overseas
1: oh no not an overseas jersey uh, chris b first of all I'd like to plug our comment section to be sure to fall be sure to go to let that's I'm mean, say it again. Hoop and Holler Houston. for all your SACAB and Scott Street specialists here. And I did see the comments that you guys had been um, discussing in regards to the marketing that the Houston Cougars did in, uh, surrounding the jerseys. It could have been better when it comes to fan merch there was no fan merch when it came to the love you blue jerseys i agree 100 percent with that it was a missed marketing opportunity they would have put it in the stands they would have sold like hotcakes it would have been gone in an instant the moment fans walked into the building there were a couple of fans that had huge i don't know if that was bootleg i don't know if they were associated with the program i know all the coaches even some of the communication staff at u of h they had a blue a love you blue hat to go with it so they do have merch it Honestly, I'm not quite sure why they didn't have it ready to go to be sold to fans. Hopefully, they are able to have some type of merchandise available in the near future. But marketing, that aspect, whether to miss an opportunity, yes. Overall, marketing when it comes to ratting around the jerseys, getting the players to be excited about repping the city of Houston, paying homage to old Love You Blue Oilers, A+++. When it came to making it accessible to fans, F. it needs work. <laughs> it needs improvement. Uh, but it's kind of funny that Daniel Hogerson mentioned it—that the players loved it so much. Some of them were trying to steal their game day jerseys so they can keep it for, for forever. They said they're trying to lobby to have to wear those jerseys again. But yeah, everyone loved them. Not everyone can get them. At the end of the day, you can't have it all. There's still, there's still some work in progress. There's still, work being made.
0: Well, one of them is. Should be given away to a, a lucky winner who got part of the $15 Love You Houston uh, package, which is included a $15 ticket and, I think, 15 bucks for parking because the winner of that promotion was going to receive or would receive one of the game-worn jerseys from tonight's game, which pissed wow. off some fans because they already bought tickets. And they're like, well, if I'd have known you would going to have a $15 promotion, I'd have waited for that, so that was a drop to the ball right there. Chris B with a comment here. He said, "Pesman said they might wear them again since players love them so much." But then Chris said,
2: "Might?" <laughs> How can
0: you think, "Might"? He sounded surprised that they love them so much. Come on, Pes. Come, come on, really? Come on now. And but I did see someone on X, Twitter, whatever, and probably on Instagram last night promoted they had or they were selling some of the columbia blue jerseys so that might have been and they said you could pick them up today if you order them last night or by a certain time they'd be ready for you for kickoff so that might have been <laughs> some of those someone, you saw. Hey,
3: s- someone capitalized on it <laughs> just not not the football team but also i mean the the social media presence was crazy it was insane i it from all major outlets you saw, um, you know, the the coverage of that of the jerseys, and even even fans. I mean, not fans, but even fan bases that are typically not in, not um, fans of the Houston football team. They were even, you know, they were loving what they saw from like the jerseys and the colors and the. Oh, it was colorway. picked
1: up nationally. It was picked yeah. up nationally by ESPN. ESPN gave Houston Cougars some love when it came to the jerseys. The Big Twelve. 12- X account gave it some love uh, when they scored their first touchdown. Uh, Chris, you brought up Rusty Reed's comment um, in regards to the Houston Crew. That's an interesting point. He said, uh, Rusty Reed says that the defense wasn't necessarily good. Uh, Frank Harris was off target all day and they ran over 200 yards. They went 80 yards for one touchdown, 94, to have a chance to win the game. It's true, they did have some spotty moments at the end of the game. the game at the end of the day, the game was still in balance, coming down to the final possession. but I think overall, Houston's defense had a lot to do with why the quarterback was off target and why really they were able to bottle for the overwhelming majority of the game they were able to bottle UTSA's offense.
2: What are your thoughts on what' yeah. comment? I don't know what Rusty is talking about. The defense was good. I mean, <laughs> they weren't great. I mean, but they were good. You only gave up, what, what, 14 points? Or, and so they were good. I mean, like Andy just said, they had a lot to do with um, Harris not being a point, not keeping the pocket clean, not giving him time. And I mean, there are different elements in regards to his health, who I think played a part of it. But overall, the defense was good. Were they great? Were they outstanding? No. But were they good? Yes. I, I'm not sure what Rusty is talking about.
0: And cool. I, I look for it. I want to read it from the uh, Cougs PR department. Houston's football, Houston football's commemorative uniform unveiling recorded 246.6 million earned media potential reach from 125 media sources across 35 different states. That's from August 31st, August 31st, 9 a.m. to 9 p.m.
2: Those really, they they can be the jerseys of the year from like all college football. Those jerseys are that nice to where those can be probably the best jerseys of the year so far from what we've seen.
0: So tremendous reach on social media, but also tremendous dropping of the ball by not having them available for folks to purchase. We all agree on that. And Texas Park Tech has coming. tied the game up. I look, I think is right. And okay. Your thoughts on that. As dumb as it sounds to say they were surprised, I have to say the only explanation for not having merch ready to roll is genuinely not knowing it would take off like that. And he's. That, that rationale, I could – I mean, it's an excuse. Yeah. yeah but exactly it right. doesn't make sense because even at Rocket games, even when you see on social media the Columbia Blue jersey worn by anybody at a Rockets game, mm-hmm. at a baseball game, hell, at a concert, fans are like, And that jersey's fire. How can I get that? Where can I get that? So for you ways to be surprised. And. For folks who are not. Well, you guys age, but my age. The Houston Oilers love your blue. Own this town. Love your blue was a way of life. So when that team left. It still hurts people. And to see the Tennessee Titans try to re- bring back that stuff pisses folks okay. off because of how ingrained Love Your Blue, Columbia Blue is in the fabric of H-Town. So for people at UH to be surprised at how much of a positive response this received, <laughs> come
3: on, man.
1: Got a point. They had John Wall jerseys flying off the racks and like. I'll
3: say this though. I think I mean, I'm not defending what what took you know what took place, but I think whoever is maybe part of the team with you know when it comes to like marketing, promoting, social media, they might not be from Houston or from the South. So that that could and it's like that's not again. I'm not even making excuses for them. Is it that that's probably one of the main reasons? Like they just don't understand the culture like and we see all the we see all the time like people that are hired to the social media team or people that are hired to marketing they're not even from the university of houston that's like a common it's like from from some other university
1: yeah well, that's what dana homerson said okay, that's, that's, fair.
3: Yeah, that's
0: <laughs> fair
1: it's fair it's
0: it's but it's not knowing your audience it's not knowing your market.
2: yeah because yeah, worst case scenario it it don't go as global as it is it big but still We have them for sale for Houston, like. But I mean, those are good points. Good, but they dropped the ball. I mean, there's really no excuses. They dropped the ball. I mean, it's just period. I mean, period. I mean, I don't know what else to say. But they dropped the ball and. I think that's just a continuance of what we see from Houston in regards to marketing. This is not new, in my opinion. This is something that's continuous. Houston is catching up in the regards of marketing and how they market and different things. So, and being in Houston as big as, man, I don't even know. <laughs> like, it's ridiculous. I, I, I want to bring up,
0: I hope this is the the last negative thing we have to say about marketing. I doubt it. <laughs> Because, based on what Garrett Classy said Thursday, they have, he has, he, I hope he gets the chance to to implement those ideas that he has. But man, this was a big one. This was a big, big, big fail. And when I heard before the interview, I received word that they weren't for sale. I was, I wanted to reply, you can't be serious, man. Are you? But I just, Oh my gosh, it, that's just a massive fail, man. But okay, go ahead.
1: Yeah, I was going to bring up. Rescue Reed had an answer. You cannot give up six yards per carry and say you're playing good defense. You cannot allow a team to go 94 yards with the win in the bag and say you are playing good defense. Come on, man. So he doesn't think the Houston Cougars, this individual rescue, doesn't think that the Houston Cougars play good defense. Is. I see the argument he's trying to make when it comes to the chunk plays and, in particular, the. the the chunk plays have always seemed to be an issue when it comes to the Houston Cougars defense the last couple of seasons. But I still think the overwhelming majority of the game, they were able to hold the UTSA offense in check. And had the, in particular, had the Houston Cougars offense been able to capitalize more when it came to those three turnovers, it would have been a mute point because in theory, had they scored more, it would have mattered.
3: And if you if you look at the last season stats, I think we only had like seven or eight interceptions all season and then just today we had three so I think we should kind of give UH defense some credit and I mean if like there's so many things we could defensively also you know clean up but I think credit needs to be given at least like you got three takeaways so I mean at what point have you watched
2: go ahead what point have you watched a football game to where they stop the team completely. Don't give up 100 yards rushing, don't give up 100 yards passing, don't give up nothing. That's great defense. But the way the game goes, you're going to give up something. And to their credit – They stopped the run towards the second half of the game. They got better at stopping the run. And so I get the point that he's trying to make. And I I, I like how he's holding to a higher standard and saying they should stop the run. They shouldn't give up. And I would agree with that. But overall, you can't watch that game and say they didn't play good defense. It wasn't great. But it wasn't bad to what we've seen. It, we've seen bad. <laughs> it, it wasn't bad. You wanna say it was okay defense? So what what, what, do we, what do we want to say here? It's okay defense, wasn't good, or I think that's I don't know. I don't know.
1: Rusty Reed does says he much bigger fan of the defensive backs this year than last season. I agree absolutely a hundred percent. That was that was easily notable uh over the entire stretch of the game. But kind of looking ahead at Rice, what do you guys think? Obviously, Rice opened their season against the Texas Longhorns. No surprise that they uh, fell 37 to 10 to Texas. But this time, like Chris, you mentioned earlier in the show, Houston has to make the long journey, (laughs) the 10-minute drive down to Rice. And for me, what needs to happen, it, it it cannot be like last year. It cannot be where it came down to the final possession. And honestly, in this very same end zone where I'm facing, I'm currently where well, my back's currently to this end zone. From the press box, I thought that Rice had completed that final catch. Mm-hmm. That it would have been a potential game time, or it would have cut. It would have made it 17-16. Houston still leading. And I guarantee that Rice would have probably gone for a two point conversion had that been. Caught a touchdown, and then Houston would have been stunned, and a loss to the Owls—that cannot happen next week. It's got to be—it's got to be a dominant victory. That should be the standard against Rice. What say y'all?
0: It—it it should be the standard. Yes, I, I agree with that. I'm not convinced it will be yet. Rice, their defensive front is solid. Their offense, J.T. Daniels, their offensive line. It's just a work in progress. I'll be put it kind. So the defensive line may give Houston's offensive line some problems. First quarter, first half. Second half, Cougs' talent should just wear down Rice. Rice doesn't have the depth of talent that Houston does. Now, if the Cougs don't open it up offensively and keep it conservative and keep everything so close to the vest and allow Rice to hang around, then things might get interesting. But if they open it up, go down the field more, the game should not be close. But y'all know I'm not a huge Dana Hogerson fan, especially when it comes to offensive play calling or any of the offensive play calls for Houston. Shannon Dawson's gone, but whoever's calling the place, Dana says he, he's a, the buck stops on him, so it's on him to not be conservative. So we'll see. But I want to get back to this real quick. Then we get back to talking about rice. Y'all see this? Look at this comment from Chris B. UH even has a printing press in the UH store closet just gathering dust. The new manager said he hoped to start using to do custom gear. Sitting in the closet, never used. I'm not surprised. (laughs) I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised. This school, um, go ahead. We can talk about Rice now. Go ahead. I just want to put that out there.
2: Yeah, they're playing catch-up in in a lot of different ways, and that's ridiculous. But in regards to Rice, I really expect Houston to dominate up front, offensive line and defensive line, especially getting the run game going. I think there'll be a point for emphasis to run the ball more I was just looking at the numbers. Tony Mathis actually was effective running the ball. I don't think they just stuck to it enough. Well, I think there'd be a point of emphasis to do that. And I think that will open the offense up even even more because you can get some play action pass and take some of those chunks, shots down the field. And um but I to, like Andy talked about um how Donovan Smith threw the ball in harm's way a couple of times. So I think some of that play calling was to protect him from himself because when Houston seen him, he threw three picks. So keeping that in the back of your mind, protecting him knowing it's the first game of the year. And so I I can understand some of that logic, but against Rice, I expect them to dominate in the trenches, really run the football well, and then open it up off of that and take some shots down the field, get out in the open space, let your playmakers do well with the ball in their hands.
3: Okay. Nah, I agree. I mean, I think, I think we should probably win by double digits. Like, I don't I don't see it being that close. It can be if we don't play, you know, decently well. But I think just given the talent, we should be able to take care of them easily. Not like in the past where we would just, just steamroll them by, like, 30, 40 points. I mean, it's a different Rice, Rice football team. And it's a different UH team as well.
1: Andy? It should be the same score as Texas. It should be the same score as Texas. If that's the standard that you want to be should at, be, you should be should 37 be. At least by three touchdowns, in my
2: opinion. I agree. You can hold Frank Harris to what you held him to. You should be able to hold JT Daniels to even similar to that or worse. I mean, I, I agree with everything Andy just said. It should look just like how Texas looked against uh, Rice.
0: We'll see. We'll be there. I'll be there. Yes. I got to pass for that game. Yeah.
1: For- from Rice. Let's say Chris from Rice. Yeah. But real quickly, before we kind of start wrapping things up here, of course, we'd like to thank everybody that's taking the time to watch the uh, season premiere, the season debut of Let's Rage Cougs. Um Now until the end of March. From now, there will be a Let's Rage Cougs at least once a week until the end of March, potentially even April. We'll see how, how far that goes. But of course, today's episode of Let's Rage Cougs was presented by the Saxonian family. Of course, we always want to say thank you to Steve Saxinian for being a, a primary sponsor on Let's Rage Cougs. And, of course, we'd also like to say thank you to our other sponsors for today's episode, beginning with Star Pizza with multiple locations across the Houston area. Star Pizza is your go-to spot for pizza before or after the game. And, of course, we also like to say big thank you to SACAV.com. SACAV.com is your one-stop shop for officially licensed SACAV merchandise. And we'd also like to say uh, or remind you guys to go visit hoopandhollerhouston.weebly.com. I keep butchering that. Weebly. I don't know why I keep saying it a little loud, but I'll say one more time. That's e another e, b-l-y.com for all your SACAV and Scott Street Specialist gear. And again, we can never say thank you enough to all of you guys that took time to watch Let's Rage Coupe today. The... Inaugural legendary cruise of the new season.
0: Agreed. And look forward to helping you guys out throughout the season.
1: For sure. So, any now, before we wrap it up, any final points in regards to today's game in particular? Maybe potentially a little bit more about uh, defensive line performance. Nelson Caesar's performance in general in the first half was sensational. And I think we got. The biggest thing for me when it came to the defense and why Houston was able to, to have a lot of success against UTSA is it was the return of sack They were much more consistently in the backfield wreaking havoc on uh, the UTSA, on Frank Harrison UTSA backfield. But in particular, they did a much better job at being able to tackle for the most part. There was a couple of plays here and there where they had some missed tackles, but they were able to limit the short plays from becoming a big chunk plays for the overwhelming majority of the game. And I think that's a big improvement. That's heading in the right direction again from what it was like a year ago.
0: Ag- agreed. I'm, I'm just looking at the, the Baylor-Texas State box score because I'm trying to figure out how State won. But, I mean, 300 yards passing from the quarterback, 140 from running, and they even had fumbles, and they still put up 42 points on Baylor. So I, I'm not sure what that says about Baylor, but one thing I know they're 0 1. I, I know that much. Aki, your thoughts on today's Coos win?
3: Nah, it's it's just a solid, solid win. I'm not gonna like, you know, overdo it and say it was a great win. It's just a win that we needed to start the season and, you know, looking forward to the rest of the season. That fans need to just continue to show up. That's it.
2: Dayon. Solid win, much-needed win, new era, Houston football, Big 12 football, crowd came out. Hopefully they can continue to stick with Houston through the ups and the downs. But like I said, it's a good win, a much-needed win to start the season. And um, I'm excited for the rest of this season. Who knows what's to come? No one would have predicted that TCU went on the run, that they went on last year. Why not Houston? That's a serious, I mean, why not Houston? Anything is possible in college football. And so I think if Houston could just continue to stack up their wins, anything is possible.
0: And I want to say that I saw Mr. Tran, Alan Tran, he missed it earlier in the show when I fell on my sword and admitted he must have followed me on social media because I said mm-hmm. that I was wrong. That I, I predicted, I said it all summer, that I thought UTSA would beat Houston today. I was wrong. I said I'd be glad to be wrong, so I'm glad to be wrong. I'm I'm too old to run and hide. When I'm wrong, I'm we'll gonna say I'm wrong. So solid win. A win is a win. On to the next. On the rice, go to two and zero, and Andy will be closer closer to his. That's what's your that, it, of, of wins? What is it? How uh, many?
1: Twelve or twenty one?
0: Uh, oh, no 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 no! Not just wins. that.
1: Seven wins. Five conference wins. Four. Five,
0: okay, five, five conference, conference wins. Right? I, I thought it was. Conference. Oh, you said you did say five four, Big Twelve, but
1: five,
0: five and four. BYU yeah, seven zero. Oh. The one that matters. October 21. Uh, definitely. But BYU was just up 7 zip over Sam San Houston State in the third quarter. Texas Tech and Wyoming are headed to, I think, the second overtime now, tied at 27. It's college football. You win or you lose. The Cougs won today, 17-14. Do they have room for improvement? Yes. But this is game number one. Game number two will be next. And let me say this about the fan support outstanding awesome how many of you will make the trip down the street basically to see the Cougs play rice it's not far there should be plenty of tickets available i mean it's not like rice packs them in over there at their stadium so make that trip over there support the Cougs, but also support us less rage Cougs win or lose we're going to cover the Cougs throughout the season, football and men's basketball, win or lose. So one beauty of this show, this post-game show, you want to come on the show after a loss, vent, complain, gripe, bitch. We're here for that. Don't don't be shy. Don't go away after the team loses, because in Big 12 basketball, the Cougs are going to lose some games. And they'll still be a good team. But when they do lose, still come here to talk with us on Let's Rage Cougs because that's what we're here for. We're here for you, the fans, to keep supporting the Cougs and us.
1: That's a perfect segue, I guess. We're time to wrap it up. Once again, the final score from TDCU Stadium to open up the 2023 season, the Houston Cougars – come away with the victory over UTSA seventeen to fourteen, not as an offensive juggernaut game as the meeting, the season meeting, opening meeting between these two programs a year ago. But still at the end of the day, it comes away with a victory for the Houston Cougars. And overall, Donovan Smith again spotty as Dana Homerson described him, but overall he had a lot of good the Cougars in general were able to make no place to win. And at the end of the day. Chris, like you said, they came away with the victory. Now it's on to week two. It's on the rise.
0: Exactly. And I, let me close it out first and let the youngsters ha- have it after me. Follow me on social media, more Instagram, TikTok, and threads, U- YouTube as well. That's all Houston Round Bar Review. So just follow me on that those platforms and keep in touch and go
3: kooks.
1: Akim, you want to go next?
3: Yeah, uh, you can follow me. Uh, at guys in MMA on Twitter and Instagram,
1: people can follow me on X at A on underscore five. And down, I'll toss it over you. And as always, post it out as well. As after, as you see where people can uh, find you.
2: You can find me on all social media platforms at Dayon Dunlap. Pretty sure everyone join us on this inaugural episode for season two for Let's Race Cooks. We're always open for more sponsorship. You can't end the episode without saying, Go Cooks, baby. Want to know? Let's keep going.